dedicated in church. Great to see young people getting baptized in church. And uh, it's just, uh, last week we had a lot of young babies dedicated, and it just thrills my heart to see young people. And uh, we're just so glad that they're a part of our church, and we're so glad to have them. And uh, especially the little children. Jesus really had a heart for children. He said, bless the little children, let them come to me. And uh, he blesses them. So today, I want to speak to you briefly on the subject, the personal power of connection. And uh, this past week, we've seen a lot of of attention of the Pope visiting uh, Washington, New York City, and and Philadelphia, and I had a chance to watch a little of the homily of the the Pope yesterday, and just listening to the commentary of America. It's been interesting to me. Uh, And they were saying that they're praying that America would become more spiritual-minded and would be more concerned about the traditional values of the family. And, uh, and of course, there's a lot of tension. A lot of people look at the Pope as ex-cathedra, the vicar of Christ, the authority of Christ. And we all know that Jesus Christ is our, is our mediator. He's our Savior. He is our Lord. He is the one that we worship and we extol. And uh, as I thought about this past week, I thought about the importance of people, you know, getting in church. And our country needs uh, churches that are strong. They need churches uh, that are filled with people. People that just don't attend, but rather are connected to the significance and the life of the church. Now, the world has a real distorted perception of what the church is all about. If you listen to TV, uh, they'll basically give you a very negative view of the church. But if you understand Jesus, if you understand the scriptures, and you understand the eternal aspects of the church, you'll go away with a whole different perspective and with a whole new renewed commitment to contribute your part to the body of Christ. The church of Corinth had a difficult time getting along. They had a difficult time. They were fighting and squabbling, and the apostle Paul was almost like the referee. He had to jump in and kind of stop them from arguing, and, and all of them wanted seats of preeminence. They all wanted to be the significant one. They all wanted to be the top dog, and uh, they all wanted to have the top spiritual gifts, and they were constantly at conflict. And I like what the Apostle Paul did in the book of 1 Corinthians. He came in, and also 2 Corinthians, he came in to really teach them some values of the importance of connecting into the body of Christ and understanding our positions as in the body of Christ. So my text is found this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, a very important verse The Bible says the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we call upon the Holy Spirit to illuminate the scriptures. We pray, Lord, that the Holy Word of God would just come alive in our hearts, give us understanding, remove the scales of blindness, May we see the truth, Lord. May we respond to the truth. May we not just be hearers only, but doers of the word. And I thank you for this church family. I thank you for these who are here today, dedicated and desiring to walk in your footsteps. We'll be sure to give you the praise and glory for what you do in this service. We give you all the glory, all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Life is meant to be shared. 
In fact, doing life together has always been God's plan for the beginning of time. God has always put together small groups for the purpose of fellowship and for support and growing in grace. In fact, the first small group that ever got started was God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't long before there was another small group, and that was the 12 apostles. And uh, the 12 apostles had a small group. And then it wasn't long before that spawned into 120 people who later on it got broken down into the homes of people and the small groups spread. In fact, God created us with a need to connect. In fact, God intends for us to experience life together as believers. And that's why he has brought us together under the one umbrella called the church, the called out ones, people who've been saved by God's grace. He brought us out of the world and he connected us together into what we call the body of Jesus Christ. Now, that's what the fellowship of the church is all all about. In fact, simply put, you were formed for God's family. You were called and saved to be a part of the body of the Lord Jesus. You were called to belong, not just to believe. Uh, And we were created for community. We were fashioned for fellowship. We were formed for family. And we cannot fulfill God's purposes out there by ourselves. There's so many Christians that get saved and they might come to church once or twice and then they just kind of disconnect and they go off by themselves and that's never been God's plan. In fact, our purpose is to realize that that we are formed for the family of God. We are put together to make up the body of Jesus Christ and we are joined together. The Bible says we are built together as a holy tabernacle. We are members together. We are heirs of Christ together. We are, as the Bible says, fitted together. We are held together by the power of the Spirit. And then one day we're going to be caught up together. And all God's people said... Amen. And watching the events of globalization and the one world church and the one world government. And I'm here to tell you today that time is running out for the age of the church. If there's ever a time to get connected and plugged in and to do what God wants you to do, it is in this moment of time. In God's family, you are connected to every other believer and we belong to each other for eternity. This is the practice room. Pretty soon when we get to heaven, you're going to realize that in heaven, there's a greater connection and there's a greater work and a cause of God. If, if we could just pull back the curtains and look into heaven right now, that everybody that has passed on before us that are the saints of God are already serving in their specific places and purpose for the body of Christ, the bride of Christ in heaven. Following Christ involves belonging, not just believing But how does the personal power of connection benefit you? How does connecting into the body of Christ and and doing your part of serving, instead of being a spectator or an, an attender, how does it benefit you? There are three thoughts. Number one, being personally connected to others reveals the cause of your existence. This is what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 and 13. He says the human body has many parts. You know that. You have lungs, you have a heart, you have a liver, you have a spleen, and and you've got all of these specific parts, but all of them are connected to the physical body, and they all function for a purpose of life. But the many parts make up one whole body, and so it is with the body of Christ. 
Paul goes on to say, some are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free, but we've all been baptized or brought into the body of Christ by one spirit, and we, are all, we all share that same spirit. Membership in the family of God is neither irrelevant or something to be looked at casually. In fact, the church is God's agenda for the world. We make up the face of God in a world that is godless. The church is God's agenda. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And the church is indestructible and it will exist for eternity and it will outlive the universe. If you listen to the world, they'll say, ah, the church is going to to be extinguished in time. It's going to fizzle. I got news for you. The church will be triumphant right to the very end of all time. You will also be a part of that eternal church, and your role that you play in it will be eternal. You were created to be a part of the body of Christ and to be involved in a relationship with him and with others is so important. And the person who says, and I hear this a lot, I don't need the church, you know, as long as I got God and I got my Bible, you know, I just don't like believers, and I just think I'd rather just just live independent. And what an arrogant statement because the church is significant because Jesus died for the church and Christ loved the church and he gave his life for it. The Bible calls the church the bride of Christ. The the, the Bible calls the the body of believers that you that are here today, he calls us uh, uh, the, the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. And I can't imagine anyone coming up to Jesus and says, Lord, I love you, but I don't like your bride. Or I love you, Lord, but I sure don't like your body. I reject it. But we do this whenever we think that we can live in isolation from other believers or when we dismiss or demean or complain about the body of Christ. Someone says, but you don't know the problems. Oh, yeah, I know. The church is riddled with spots and wrinkles, but the day is coming when Jesus will iron out the wrinkles and he'll wash out the spots and the stains and he will perfect us in a pristine position in the heavenlies. And one day we will stand at the threshold at that glorious wedding day when Jesus Christ, our blessed Savior, is united with the church in the wedding and the consummation in the heavenlies and the bride of Christ will be presented to our Lord Jesus, and we'll be a part of that glorious experience. The Bible teaches us that now that you're saved, you need to be active and be a part of the body of Christ. The Bible says a Christian without a church home is like an, orf- like an organ without a body or a sheep without a flock or a child without a family. It's an unnatural state to be saved and then to be divorced from the very body where you belong. Now, I know our culture today teaches and values independence and personal freedom and individualism, and it's created a lot of spiritual orphans without any identity or or any accountability. And the local church is the classroom for learning how to get along in God's family. This is where we hammer it out. This is where we learn that we are the body of Christ, and we've got to work together because in heaven, that is the place eternally where we will work together as the family of God. Only in regular contact with ordinary, imperfect believers can we learn what real fellowship is all about. As we discover our true selves, real maturity, and I have found this out, 
shows up in our relationships. When you get involved with other people, you, you learn something about patience. You learn something about forgiveness. You learn something about virtue. You, you learn something about waiting. Listen, when you get involved, that's where it reveals areas of work and construction in our Christian life. We need more than just the Bible in order to grow. We need other believers. Being a part of a church family moves us out of a self-centered isolation, and it creates a cause for your existence. You were created for a cause. You are a part of the body of Jesus Christ, and there's no one that can replace you. You are unique in every way, and when you realize that cause of your existence, and when you place yourself at God's disposal, it is then that the body of Jesus Christ works at it at its optimum. The second thing I want you to look at, the second benefit of being personally connected to others is it defines your significance in the body of Christ. Romans 12, 4 and 5 says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And it's interesting that the Bible teaches us and it insists that the church is a body, not a building. The church is an organism, not an organization. In order for the organs of your body to fulfill their purpose, they've got to be connected to the whole system of the physical body. And the same is true for your part in the body of Christ you are created for a significant and unique role, but you'll miss it if you're not attached to a living, true local church. We discover your role in relationships with others. And like an organ that is outside of a physical body, an organ that is disconnected from the lifeblood of a local church, you cannot grow up to maturity in the ways that God intends And I have found this, how we relate to one another is an indication of our relationship with God. And I hear people say, I have, me and God got this thing going, you know, we're just, you know, we're deep, we're just, we're so connected, but I don't have it here. And God says in the word, he says, if you don't have it with your brothers and sisters, if, if, if you're impatient and you're judgmental and you're punitive in your judgment in all of those areas and you isolate yourself, you cut people off, God says, you know what, if you don't If you don't have it here, you don't have it here. In fact, may I read you a scripture, 1 John 4.20. If someone says, oh, I love God, but I have a hatred or a distaste for believers, the Bible says that person is a liar. Because if we don't love people that we can see in this life, how can we love God who we cannot see? We have a significant position in the body of Christ, and understanding our role in his body brings a personal power of connection. We belong to one another. We are the image of, of Christ. We are the body. We are the organism. We are the living organism. And my friend, everybody needs everybody. Look to your neighbor and say, I need you. Can you do that this morning? Oh, boy. That didn't work too well. You know that precious little elderly lady sitting behind you? Turn around, look at that poor soul. You need her, amen? You need her. 
I need her. You need her. She's a part of the body of Christ. That person that, that, that you're looking at right now, let me tell you something. They are vital and were critically designed for the purpose of the church. It defines your significance. Everybody is important. Everybody is important in the body of Christ. That's what the Apostle Paul, he hammered into the, into the church of Corinth. He, he went on to say, it's not just the, the person who stands up and preaches or, or the person who stands up and sings. And all those, they're all great spiritual gifts. And we need them and God uses them. But let me tell you something. There's no level of greatness greater than the person who serves behind the scenes. God says, give that person the most highest esteem, the most highest significance. And then thirdly, being personally connected to others means it holds you to a higher level of spiritual commitment. I realize that God put in me a spiritual gift and God expects me to use that gift. It's not for my glory, it's for his glory. And God wants me to use it and if I hold it back, then the church suffers for it. If I don't give myself to the Lord like I should, and if I don't present myself to the Lord as an empty cup that needs to be filled, if I don't present myself in an offering tray and say, God, take me and use me, then, then my life will not have impact for his body. And it doesn't make any difference if I stand up here and speak or if, I, or if I'm out there serving, teaching in a Sunday school class or, or, or a Bible class. It doesn't make any difference what area or serving in the coffee, no matter what I do, it's all significant to Christ. It holds me to a higher level of commitment. I realize that God needs me and God wants to use me and I need to stay in that place of commitment to the Lord. First Corinthians 12, 18 and 20 says, but our bodies have many parts and God has put each part just where he wants it and how strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. God not only sovereignly calls you to himself through salvation, he also sovereignly guides us into a local family of like-minded believers. And he bestows spiritual giftings in us in order that we can uniquely serve one another. And I have said this, we are saved to serve. And if we don't serve, we won't grow. The primary purpose of the spiritual gift that God gives you is not to just sit you on a pedestal and say, oh, how great you are. The whole purpose of a spiritual gift is that so it might be contributed to the body, to the function of the strength of the body of Christ. You will never grow to maturity just by attending church services or being a passive spectator. Only participation in the full life of a local church builds spiritual muscle. The difference between being a church attender and a church member who is committed is huge. Attenders are spectators from the sidelines, but partners get involved in ministry. Attenders are consumers. Partners are contributors. Attenders want the benefits of a church without sharing the responsibilities. It's good to go to church. It's good to worship the Lord. It's, it's good, but that's a small piece of the pie. God wants us to be actively involved in a wicked generation, to be strong as the body of Christ. 1 Peter 4.10 says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. And he says, use them well to serve one another. 
we discover our gifts by using them. We discern people's gifts as we see them in action. We are saved to serve. In God's family, you are connected to every other believer, and we belong to each other throughout all of eternity. You see this mug? You're going to see it a long time. I'm going to see your sweet mug forever and ever. I personally believe when we get to heaven, there's going to be one section for crossroads people. (laughs) Won't that be sweet? Some of you are like, oh, no. (laughs) I did my time with that preacher. Well, maybe God will put you in the Presbyterian group. (laughs) That's where you deserve to go. (laughs) That's a joke. That's That's a joke. But in the body of Christ, we're, we're going to be, I hope, and I, I, I might be right on this. There will be a section God says, okay, when you get to heaven, you get to go with Pastor Tim and the Crossroads friends. And uh, we're going to have a big party there, aren't we, folks? Amen. We're going to have a good time, and we're just going to stick together. And we're, we're all going to serve together. I don't know what I'm going to do in heaven. I won't be a preacher because we already have the pastor, the great high shepherd, Jesus Christ. But I'll do whatever I can do because I'm just glad to be in the body of Christ. I'll do whatever I can do because I'm just honored to serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But we're going to serve eternally together. God created the church with five specific purposes. And we can get involved and serve and meet five of our deepest needs as believers. Now, if you will, in the flyleaf of your Bible, I want you to write down the five purposes of the church. I don't have them on PowerPoint this morning, and I intentionally didn't put them on there because I want you to write them down. I don't want you to just read about them. I want you to write it down because in the flyleaf of your Bible or a special notes that you have, I want you to put down what are the five purposes of the church? Why is, does the church exist? What am I to do in the church? What, is my, what, what are my involvements in the church? I, I want you to write them down. I want to give you five of them. And I, I just want to share. Number one, the first purpose of the church is worshiping Jesus Christ. The first purpose of the church, the first reason that you got saved is to attend church so you might worship him. Upon the first day of the week, let us come to the house of God and to worship him. That means give him all the glory. Give him, that's why I love the praise team, because the praise team finds songs that really extol Jesus, that points us to Jesus. Worship him, not only in, in, in song, but we ought to worship him in the word. So the first purpose of the church is, is to help us worship and to focus on God. And by attending church on a regular basis... Man, if you miss, you come to church one month and then you don't come for another three months. Let me tell you something. You're missing, you're missing it. The first purpose of you being saved, the first purpose of meeting your deepest needs is to worship God. Now, number two, I want you to write this down. That is fellowship. And you find this all out of Acts chapter 2, verse 41 and 47. The second purpose of the church is it helps you face life problems by fellowship. Listen, when I'm going through a hard time, I can sit down and talk to someone who's going through a harder time and they're sharing victory. Listen, they help me. Fellowship helps me. There's times I've come to church lower than a snake's belly. Man, really knocked down. And I'm just rubbing shoulders with others' believers' faith. They lift me. How many have been lifted by other brethren in the Christ? Look at that. 
that fellowship, draw a line over to that, that's connecting. When you fellowship with other people, you connect with other believers. And then thirdly, I want you to write down the third purpose of the church, and that is discipleship. Discipleship helps fortify your faith by growing in small groups. Pastor Keith has done an eloquent job, beautiful job out there in the lobby and accentuated the wall, and we have 20-some groups out there that you can go out and just take that, and you can start getting involved. Discipleship is when you begin to to learn about God, and you learn about Jesus, and and how Jesus wants to use you in your life, and you you grow with other believers, and you, you study the Word together. That's discipleship. And then fourthly is ministry. Ministry is finding your talents. The fourth purpose of the church is ministry. God saved you so you might serve. And he didn't save you so you can just sit. He saved you so you can be a part of his body. Ministry helps you find your talents and and you exercise your faith by service. So there's worship, number one, fellowship, number two, discipleship, number three, ministry, place of service. Number four, everybody ought to be in ministry. Everybody ought to serve. Amen. So I thought that was the pastor's job. No, I'm, or the staff job. Our job is to equip the saints of God, to prepare them, to help us all work together. It's a huge job. And then number five, the fifth one is evangelism. And that is fulfilling your mission by reaching out to those who need the Lord. Evangelism. Telling others about Christ, inviting people at your home, making a contact with friends and people who don't know the Lord. Evangelism is, hey, let me tell you what God's done in my life. I want you to come and be a part. Worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, evangelism. There's nothing else like it on the earth. Why is it so important to join a local church family? Because it proves you are committed to the spiritual brothers and sisters in reality and not just in theory. God wants you to love real people, not ideal people. I had a professor used to tell us that all the time. God wants you to love real people, not ideal people. And so many times people coming into the church think that, that, that the people themselves are ideal and, and they think higher than themselves. But in all reality, we're, we're sinners, been saved by the grace of God, who need to grow in grace and begin our journey and our walk with Christ. And we want to walk with others with a spirit of love and forgiveness and compassion. And you can spend a lifetime searching for the perfect church, but what? If you find a perfect church, what should you do? Don't join it. You'll wreck it. There's no such thing as a perfect church. Some people are looking for it. You could spend a lifetime searching for the perfect church, but you'll never find it. Why? Because we are all sinners saved by grace. We are all in the classroom, in a training ground, getting us ready for heaven. You are called to love imperfect sinners. You are called to be patient and kind. You are called to be forgiving, to exercise all of these virtues of the faith, just as God does. The local church, our church, is a place to belong. It's a place to belong. The personal power of connection gives you three benefits. Number one, it reveals your cause of existence. You are saved to contribute 
your life to the body of Christ. Some of you here, you're on the outside, you're thinking, yeah, I know, but I don't have time. But let me tell you something. Eternity is all the time that you're going to have. Number two, the personal power of connection gives you the benefit of defining your significance in the body of Christ, no matter what it is. It's critically important. It's critically important. Everything in your physical body is important. Everything serves as a purpose. God placed everything in order for your heart, for your circulatory system, for the whole physical body. God put everything in its proper place so there might be balance and function and health and purpose. And when God saved you, he said, I need you to be a part of my body. And he did not bring you in just to, to sit on the sidelines or to be disconnected. He, got, he wanted you to be a part. And what you have and what you bring to the body of Christ is critically important to the life of his body. And one day, one day he will glorify what you give to him. And then number three. The personal power connection gives you the benefit of holding us to a higher level of spiritual commitment. I'm needed. Boy, wouldn't it be great if every believer said, God needs me in our church. Wouldn't it be great? God needs me. I, you know, I, I want to I be there because I want to be dependable to God. I just want God to use me. I need to be used of God. I need to function in the body of Christ. We need you. Christ needs you. And when every one of us realize that purpose and contribute and give, it is then that the body of Christ performs at its optimum best. In this community, we need a church that's strong. We were just voted the Raiders' best choice, Crossroads being the, the number one church in the area. And you know what my prayer was? I really appreciate that. That is wonderful. And it just shows the reflection of your hearts of making that vote. And the people in the community, it thrilled me. And I had people call, congratulate our church. And I, I said, you know what? Even greater would people look at us and say, there is a body of Christ that are making a difference in this community. And Crossroads is only as good as you contribute your life to the body. Let's pray.